Good morning, church. Uh, I'm honored to be invited by Rafael and Marty to preach today. Uh, my name is Sam. I come from China. I've served in China for a pastor for 14 years. And right now I'm studying my master's degree in the Fuller Theological Seminary. How are you, teenagers? Are you waking up? Brandon, you did a great job last week. Yeah. How are you, college students? Ronnie, are you in vacation right now? Oh, good. Enjoy your vacation. Uh, first, I want to teach you a very simple Chinese word. You know, in Chinese, the name of Jesus is called Yesu. Quite similar to Spanish, right? Yeah. However, if you read an English or Spanish word, you probably can pronounce it, but you don't know the meaning. However, if you read a Chinese character, you can guess the meaning, but you have no idea how to pronounce it. <laughs> the last name of Jesus is, in Chinese character, is yeah, it's two, feet, two years. You can see the characters. The, la- the, the first name of Jesus is Su. It consists of fish and grain. Can you remember something familiar? Jesus has once did a miracle, do you remember? He fed, yeah, he fed 5,000 people with two fishes and five loaves of bread. So, the meaning Jesus in Chinese, when you read the Chinese characters, you know the meaning of Jesus is if you open your two ears, both ears, you will be fed and satisfied. Are you ready to listen to Jesus' words? Okay, let's pray. Jesus Christ, we praise you. You are our Lord, Savior. We are, all, we are not worthy. However, by your grace, we can come here to worship you. I pray that you will give the friends who come to our church today, really give them listening ears and opening hearts so they can meet you because you are way, truth, and life. Jesus, you are our Lord. You are the Lord of the church. You are the head of the church. Lord, you are the Lord of every Christian. Lord, I pray that today we are all humble before you. Please give us Holy Spirit so that we can listen to your words and we can grow our life in your words. We love you. We pray in your name. Amen. Amen. Do you like history? Oh, good. I'm studying uh, the medieval church history this quarter. And there are kind of people in Christian history. Their names are called friars. Maybe if you meet them today, you may be easily recognize them. They're just some like some homeless people. <laughs> they abandoned all their positions. They lived by faith. They're supported by people around them. And they pursued to live a holy, righteous, and faithful life. They always ask one question. How can I draw near to God? How can I live a living faith? 
You know, there are two kinds of friars. One called Franciscans and one called Dominicans. They argued about each other about which is more important as a Christian. To know God or to love God. You know, in my opinion, I think both are important as a Christian to know God and to love God. Today I will introduce four concepts of faith to illustrate the growth of faith. The topic of my sermon today is how to live a living faith. We can learn some wisdom from Christians long ago. And I have two points. Point one, from the implicit faith to explicit faith. Point two, from unformed faith to formed faith. Let's open the Bible. Luke chapter 24, verse 13 to 33. Are you with me? Good. Luke chapter 24. Now, on that same day, two of them were going to a village called Emmaus, about seven miles from Jerusalem, and talking with each other about all these things that had happened. While they were talking and discussing, Jesus himself came near and went with them. But their eyes were kept from recognizing him. And he said to them, What are you discussing with each other while you walk along? They stood still, looking sad. Then one of them, whose name was Cleopas, answered him, Are you the only stranger in Jerusalem who does not know the things that have taken place there in these days? He asked them, What things? They replied, the things about Jesus of Nazareth, who was a prophet, mighty in deed and word, before God and all the people, and how our chief priests and leaders handed him over to be condemned to death and crucified him. But we had hoped that he was the one to redeem Israel. Yes, and besides all this, it is now the third day since these things took place. Moreover, some women of our group astounded us. They were at the tomb early this morning, and when they did not find his body there, they came back and told us that they had indeed seen a vision of angels who said that he was alive. Some of those were whispers went to the tomb and found it just as the women had said, but they did not see him. Then he said to them, Oh, how foolish you are, and how slow of heart to believe all that the prophets have declared. Was it not necessary that the Messiah should suffer these things and then enter his glory? Then, beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he interpreted to them the things about himself in all the scriptures. As they came near the village to which they were going, he walked ahead as if he were going on. But they urged him strongly, saying, Stay with us, because it is almost evening, and the day is now nearly over. So he went in to study with them. When he was at the table with them, he took bread, blessed, and broke it, and gave it to them. Then their eyes were opened, and they recognized him, and he vanished from their sight. They said to each other, 
Were not our hearts burning within us while he was talking to us on the road, while he was opening the scriptures to us? That same hour, they got up and returned to Jerusalem, and they found the eleven and their companions gathered together. Amen. If you find, I'm reading something not the same as in your Bible. Sorry, it's an RSV. You know, I've read my Bible in NIV for too long, so I want to change the version so that I can have some new insights in my reading Bible. Amen. So if you look at your Bible, you just cannot read something new. Please change your version. But of course, the recommended version, okay? You know, the faith that the two disciples in this passage have is implicit faith. They were with Jesus, maybe for a long time. They saw the miracles performed by Jesus. They heard the first message and sermon by Jesus. But their faith was not mature and strong. Their hearts were filled with fear and worry after Jesus was crucified. They didn't believe that Jesus was alive, even they were told so. They looked sad. And you know, they forgot Jesus' commandments. Because Jesus clearly told them that, stay in Jerusalem to wait for the Holy Spirit. So they almost missed the Pentecost. Even they were with Jesus. They did not recognize Him because they did not have faith. So be careful. If we don't have faith, we just cannot recognize Jesus. You know, I also had implicit faith in my Christian life. I come from atheism background. I studied Bible with some Christians and I decided to become a Christian within three weeks. Many people ask me, why did you become a Christian so quickly? My answer is, it is by the grace of God. He has given me a simple faith. Jesus said, blessed is a pure in heart. But you know, this is blessed. Simple heart, simple faith. But it is not enough. In my first year of Christian, I had faced huge persecutions for my family. You know, Chinese culture emphasizes obedience to our parents. What should I do? To obey God or obey my parents? You know, it's such a huge change to me. I struggled a lot. And I, most times, I thought I would quit. Today, I have a question to ask the teenagers in the front rows. Why do you come to church? Anybody? <laughs> Just make sure you are awake. <laughs> oh, come on. Um, to know more about God and know how big it is. Well, yeah. Amen. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, good job. You know, uh, I know most of you come to church because you trust your parents. Your parents go to church. So you go with them. And also, you know, you feel safe in the church because you grew up in the church when you were young. You have lots of friends here, right? So, you know, your trust in your parents and in the church 
This is implicit faith, which is good, amen, because you come. However, you still need to grow in your faith. Because your faith will face trials like fire. Teenagers, you know, one day you will start to seek your own identity and autonomy. Sometimes you may ask questions about faith and make your own decision. You come to church not because my daddy comes to church, my mother comes to church, because I always come to church. You will ask such kind of questions. You know, one day you will go to college. You may go to another city. The church will be totally new to you. You know, I have the feeling, because when I moved to America, the church is totally new to me. I come to church not because there are fans here, but not because I just feel good here. Because I know my religion. Because I know my God is here. College students, oh, congratulations to the graduates. Welcome to the real world. Do you know what is our present world? Don't be mistaken. America now is in the age of post-Christianity. According to the Pew Research 2012, one out of five of Americans claim that they are nuns. What's nuns? They claim that they do not believe any religion. One out of three of Americans claim they are the nuns under 30. Especially in the young people. So you know, you will face peer pressure in your faith. What is explicit faith? Let's go back to that story. Jesus met the two disciples. Jesus studied scriptures with them. About Moses, about all the prophets. You know that these scriptures are in the Old Testament. These are the scriptures that the prophecies and promises that Jesus, the Messiah, will suffer, will die, and will be raised. So the disciples could clearly understand these scriptures for the first time. Even they read scriptures from their young age. And their lives have changed. They, are, they, they, they mentioned our hearts were burning. They were fired up. Their eyes opened so they can recognize Jesus. And you know, even Jesus vanished from their sight. They decided to return to Jerusalem to wait for the Spirit and to carry on their missions. They are, their faith has a breakthrough. The faith grow from implicit faith to explicit faith. What is explicit faith? Is our explicit faith grounds on the Bible? Amen. Today, everyone, we are is reading the Bible. You know, it's a, re- a lot of stuff, right? The Bible have a lot of things. The Bible includes the narratives, the commandments, and the promises. You know, I love Bible because there are so many fantastic stories, right? So many amazing skies, characters in the Bible. We love to read their life, read their examples, how they follow God. 
But you know, if you read the Bible only to read the narratives, sometimes you may ask some questions. What's the connection with my life today? What does the wars, fightings, religious regulations make sense to me today? The Bible also includes many commandments, which are really good commandments, really good moral rules. These rules help guide us to be a good guy, to do good things. However, you know, this, if we only read Bible as commandments, these commandments can either make us feel defeated and guilty. You know, none of us can totally follow these rules. Absolutely. All these commandments can make us hypocrisy. We try to behave. Things look like we can obey all the commandments. I just want to remind that Bible also includes promises. When we read the Bible, one question we need to ask myself. Can I trust this God in my life? Can I trust this God in my future? You know, we read the history of the Israelites and then we can know that God is trustworthy. When we read the New Testament, the Gospels, we read the life of Jesus, then we can know that Jesus is trustworthy. Amen. You know, what helped me most when I was facing the persecutions in my faith is the promises of God about my relationship with my family. I read so many scriptures in the Bible by Jesus that if I love God more than my father and my mother, my family, He will bless me 100 fold and eternity. I love my family. I pray that their souls can also be saved just as I. But I know that even they cannot understand my faith, even they cannot accept the faith, I need to trust God. I need to stick to my faith. I've been Christian for 20 years. I can see God's faithfulness in my family. How much blessing my family has received from Him. God is trustworthy. Amen. Amen. I have a challenge for you. In the next week, when you open the Bible, please pay attention. Find the promises God God is speaking to you in your circumstances. Trust Him and His promise. Amen. Amen. The second point is from unformed faith to formed faith. Let's open the Bible. Galatians chapter 5 verse 6. Are you with me? Galatians chapter 5 verse 6 For in Christ Jesus neither circumcision nor uncircumcision counts for anything the only thing that counts is faith working through love what is formed faith is faith working through love Work with love. That is formed faith. However, there is another kind of faith uh, stated in James chapter 2, verse 26. 
I'll read for you. James chapter 2, verse 26. For just as the body without the spirit is dead, so faith without works is also dead. So on the contrary, faith without love, faith without good works, is dead faith, is unformed faith. We have the great commandments from the Bible to love God and to love our neighbors. In Matthew chapter 5 to 7, in the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus told us that our neighbors do not only include our families, our friends, but also include the strangers and our, our enemies. So the whole world is our neighbors. You know, my church in China is minority. We're living in this environment surrounded by non-Christians, unbelievers. So every day, we need to practice hospitality and witness to the non-Christians, unbelievers. We moved to America uh, last September. You know, when I arrived here, I find myself in the community of Christians. On the weekdays, I go to my seminary. All my classmates, all the professors are Christians. On the weekends, I go to church. Here, you, all of you, I'm surrounded by Christians. You know, I'm so grateful for the love and hospitality of the Christian friends. But you know, after I went to church every week in America, after 20 years Christians, I'm asking myself a question. How will I express my faith in love? Who are my neighbors? You know, the Bible told me that I have neighbors outside of the church. Uh, From last month, April, I went to PCC every week. I talked with the international students from China. Uh, most of them are not Christians. I ask questions about their adjustments, their lives in America. I want to make friends with them. And I pray a lot for them. You know, I, I didn't study Bible with them yet. Because I want to cultivate my compassion and love for them. I believe that God is already working among them before me. I just need to discern God's calling and join God's work. Today I have a question for you. Are you loving your neighbors? Who are your neighbors? In Luke chapter 10, Jesus told a story about the Good Samaritan. Jesus told us that your neighbor is a person who was naked, bleeding, hurt, and dying. Can you see that? You know, the world is full of people who are hurt physically, emotionally, and spiritually. In Matthew chapter 5, Jesus told another parable. He told us that our neighbor are the people who are hungry, thirsty, stranger. I, I don't know, it's immigrants? I don't know. Naked, sick, and in prison. Can you see that? If we claim that we have faith, we believe in God, we go to church every week, 
However, we do not see our neighbors. Just like the priest and the Levite in the story of the Good Samaritan. We need to be careful. Uh, Maybe our faith is unformed faith. We are deceiving ourselves. We have only that faith. Today I have a challenge for you. Are you ready? In the next week, pray that God's love and mercy can fill with our hearts. So that we can open our eyes and we can see our neighbors. You know, they are just surrounding you. You just need to see them in God's will. Maybe they are just your classmates. Maybe they are just your colleagues. Maybe they are neighbors in your community. Maybe they are people. You never talk with them. Why? Because they are different with you. They are not your same ethnicity. They are not your same socioeconomic status. They have different personality. They have different inches. They are just another group of people which you will never talk with them. And I want to remind you, don't in a hurry to do some good works. Although it is necessary. But please, first, talk to them. Listen to their stories. Feel their pain. Pray for them. And pray to God. So that you will know God's will for you. to How to love them. How to serve them. How to express your true faith in love. Amen? Amen. I'm closing my sermon. We are all walking in the faith journey. Whether it's one month, one year, five years, twenty years, thirty years. No one has arrived at our destination yet. For the young generation, I encourage you to grow your faith from implicit faith to explicit faith. Ground your faith on the promises of God. Trust Him even facing challenges in your faith. Amen? Amen. And I also want to encourage mature disciples. Live a living faith, not a dead faith. Love your neighbors. Remember that we are called to serve God and people around us. This church is set up by God to be His witness of love, of grace, of faith, and of hope. Love you. God bless you. Amen.